It is my unique honor to be here and speaking to you, this audience, who's, uh, uh, who has joined voluntarily to hear about the subject that I'm going to speak about, China-Pakistan Economic Corridor. Uh, besides what Faisal has already said, I have served in Pakistan Army for 33 years. And during that tenure, I had a stint of tenure as personal staff officer with ex-president of Pakistan, General Musharraf. I commanded a brigade in uh, Viziristan. Many of you might have heard about the name. That was Miran Shah, North Viziristan. I commanded a brigade in Peshawar. Uh, this was back in 2007 and 8. And then I commanded an infantry division in uh, Baluchistan, that is uh, Quetta. So that is the experience that I bring along. Uh, besides this, uh, presently I am heading uh, a think tank of National Defense University. It is called Institute of Strategic Studies, Research and Analysis. I am personally pursuing a PhD in uh, Strategic Security Management of CPAC because I think that CPAC is a change which is going to come up in our region which will define uh, the new dynamics of uh, security. As it has been mentioned, uh, to contribute towards our uh, achievements in war against terror, I am also uh, working on a book titled Post-War on Terror Pakistan. That is just to eulogize uh, Pakistan Army's successes in war on terror and uh, how I see the future of Pakistan. Now with that, I come to today's subject. Uh, we can have question answers in between as you feel like. But I, what I propose is that I can speak for about 20, 25 minutes. And then at the end of uh, my, my talk, we'll have about uh, an hour time for our discussion for a question answer session. Now, <coughs> with the name of Allah, the most compassionate, the most merciful, as I've al already said that I am here today to shed light on how China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, which is commonly known as CPAC, is to be considered as a boon for regional stability. That is our wish, that is our desire, and I think with the support of world community, we can make it as a boon for regional stability. Now to introduce the subject, ladies and gentlemen, I would say that CPAC is a project that promises phenomenal growth opportunities for Pakistan and is in fact, in fact a linchpin for China's bigger vision of Belt Road Initiative. CPAC envisions prospects of functionality func uh, facilitating security and stability for the entire region. And I've already said that idea rests on the notion of Belt Road Initiative. This is also commonly known as One Belt, One Road Initiative OBOR. But nowadays it is being called as Belt Road Initiative. Now, this uh, complete idea is enabling the global order to reiterate a major shift which incentivizes integration both politically and economically and allowing evolution of fault lines between civilizations as nodes of integration. I can elaborate this point further during question answer session if you have any doubts on this. Within this framework, CPAC will act as a confidence booster, not 
only for investors coming to Pakistan, but also to the region from other parts of the world, converting it to it into an economic hub. It is worth mentioning that alongside being a harbinger of traditional growth, CPEC may also ensure facilitation of security and stability in the region. Ladies and gentlemen, BRI Vision aims to connect <coughs> South Asia, Middle East, Central Asian Republics, Europe, and East Asia through a network of infrastructure and energy-based projects. Hence, plummeting gaps and pockets of instability, either political, economic, and security that has persisted in various regions of this part of the world, particularly South Asia, that is India and Pakistan. In this regard, I say that the responsibility also rests in the extra-regional parts to denounce notions of conflict in this region in, not, in order not only to maximize the potential of BRI and also CPAC as its major transit route, but also to get benefits in all domains. Hence, the dictum remains that strong economy is a sine qua non for strong security. Now, with this brief introduction, the aim of my today's talk is to highlight potential of China-Pakistan Economic Corridor within the ambit of Belt Road Initiative for regional growth and stability. I have divided my talk in two parts. In part one, I shall be talking about Belt Road Initiative, a strategic context. In part two, an overview of CPAC. I will attempt to debunk certain myths which are prevailing, opportunities and risks which are linked with the CPAC. And in part two, I'll talk about region at flux, Pakistan's compulsions, and then finally few concluding thoughts. Now, in part one, I, sh I first talk about Belt Road Initiative, a strategic context. Ladies and gentlemen, Mackinder, a British uh, scholar, and Spikeman, two renowned theorists of international politics and proponents for advantages of geo geographical positioning, postulated the concept of hot heartland and rimland. Mackinder asserted in supremacy of land power and connectivity through land in Eurasia. He termed Eurasia as the heartland to be a decisive factor in global dominance. Whereas Spikeman, on the contrary, suggested that who controls the rimland rules Eurasia, and who rules Eurasia controls destinies of the world. He was influenced by another famous American theorist, Alfred Thayer Mahan, who in 19th century proposed sea power to be deciding factor in world dominance. In this regard, Chinese Belt Road Initiative VN with its six networks of connectivity is undoubtedly a powerful reawakening of these prepositions. They pass through both the heartland as well as the rimland 
with the land component of Silk Road economic belt and the sea connectivity through 21st century maritime Silk Road. The networks of BRI, they include on the top, China, Mongolia, Russia corridor, new, new Eurasian land bridge economic corridor, China, Central Asia, West Asia economic corridor, China, Indochina Peninsula economic corridor, Bangladesh, China, India, Myanmar corridor and finally China, Pakistan economic corridor. Now for the connectivity through heartland, the proposed corridors will entail a series of road and rail links and energy infrastructure besides creating alternate trade routes for China in order to diversify its economic relations with other states. These corridors are clustered around countries which share economic ties with China. As a major, nearly 123 countries in the world already have economic linkages with China, connecting China's prosperous eastern part to the developing Asian economic region and China's least developed West to develop Europe, developed Europe certainly demonstrates rousing economic prospects. These corridors, ladies and gentlemen, will promote domestic economic viability of Chinese trading partners. Once completed, the corridors will help to materialize a potential trade with nearly 4.4 billion people. The economic implications will be mammoth, estimated to be US dollar 21 trillion, while Chinese GDP will be boosted to around 25%. On the other hand, the rimland countries, including Middle East, South Asia, and Far East, aspires an un undertaking to attain global connectivity through the maritime Silk, Ro Silk Road. The MSR will incorporate Asia, Africa, The MSR will uh, incorporate Asia, Africa, Europe, neighboring seas. It has all three linking, uh, it has all three pillars linking China with Europe, starting from South China Sea, connecting to the Arabian Sea, Gulf, Red Sea, and extending onwards to Mediterranean through Suez Canal. Within this framework, ladies and gentlemen, rests the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor at and, and its significance as the linchpin of overall BRIBM. Now I shall focus on the CPAC itself and give you an overview. George Friedman, in his book, The Next 100 Years, asserted that China is a geographically isolated country lacking an intrinsic potential to expand. Even Robert D. Kaplan postulated similar views in Revenge of Geography. However, China's Belt Road Initiative VN and CPAC as its linchpin are there to mitigate these geographical limitations. 
as CPAC in Now, as CPEC in comparison to other routes of Belt and Road Initiative includes only one country, that is Pakistan, and cuts a distance of 13,000 kilometers to merely 3,000 kilometers for China to Middle East, making it a priority for China and Pakistan as pivotal to China, China's Silk Road strategy. CPEC would ultimately be instrumental and beneficial to South and Central Asia, Africa, and Middle East because CPAC and these regions are complementary to each other. Particularly, Europe has the potential to benefit from CPAC, though not being the primary target. It is more efficient for Europe to trade with China via the Eurasian land bridge, which I've already explained, with Russia. CPEC will naturally make it easier for Europe, for EU and Pakistan to trade because, highly because of highly presence of highly attractive infrastructure. Presently, trade between Europe and Asia, that is all countries including Afghanistan, China, Pakistan and India, is 1.4 trillion euros, primarily through maritime routes. Similarly, trade between Europe and Central Asian republics is also about 21 billion euros through land connectivity. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this economic corridor aims to connect Kashgar in the northwestern Chinese province of Xinjiang with Pakistan's Gawadar port in Balochistan through a vast and complex network of roads measuring 3,000 kilometers, as well as other infrastructure projects. In fact, its phenomenal construction is intended to enhance regional connectivity with the notion of one corridor and multiple passages. The initial investment of CPAC projects was worth US dollar 46 billion, which has now risen to US dollar 62 billion with inclusion of new projects. It is basically a comprehensive developmental plan encompassing 51 projects. The projects entail construction of textile garment industrial parks, coal mining projects, construction of dams, numerous other energy projects. Agreements have also been concluded to develop new international airport, East Bay Expressway, well-equipped hospital, a vocational training institute, export processing zones, water supply distribution, refineries, and marine, marine works. The short-term goals of the CPEC project have a time frame of up to five years, whereas for completion of long-term projects, it is 10 to 15 years. Meanwhile, when the BRI is analyzed uh, within the domain uh, of overall this connectivity project, the significance of CPEC becomes more evident. Due to its linkage with CPEC, 
and its geographical positioning in Arabian Sea, the Gwadar port shall be forming a linchpin of the whole scheme. In fact, it is worth mentioning that CPAC is crucial for China's Belt Road Initiative. Gwadar port is critical for materializing the goal of China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, hence making it critical in the overall Chinese goal of connectivity and attributed economic development. Now let's see what Robert D. Kaplan has to say about importance of Gawadar. If you can think of great places, names of past, and he exemplified as Carthage, Thebes, Troy, Samarkand, and Gorbat, and of the present, Dubai, Singapore, Tehran, Beijing, Washington, then Gawadar should qualify as the great place name of the future. Let me also say that in recent couple of days, even buses of London have been speaking for Gawadar. Hence, uh, ladies and gentlemen, CPEC is a win-win not only for Pakistan and China, but also for the region. China will make substantial savings every year by shortening its route for energy imports from the Middle East by about 12,000 kilometers and also gets greater access to Indian Ocean. On the other hand, Pakistan expects infrastructural enhancement and the elimination of its energy crisis by getting in return an estimated US dollar 34 billion for various hydro, solar, thermal and wind driven power generation projects. Hence, CPEC is being deemed as a game changer in the geopolitical environment of the region, with potential to being linked up with other regional connectivity networks. It is this project, it is this aspect of the project which has potential to mitigate Robert D. Kaplan's concept of revenge of geography, as if connected through Belt Road Initiative and its linchpin CPAC. China's position on a map may not be the sole determinant of her potential. It will be enabled to deliberate on newer opportunities and deal with challenges as a counter to Kaplan's theory. Let me say, ladies and gentlemen, Pakistan in particular and region as a whole is craving for peace, stability and development. CPAC in this domain is a wonderful opportunity to meet this end. Now I shall attempt to debunk few of prevailing myths. And I'll talk about five myths. The myth number one, unprecedented dependency on China. I would say that China is not following a mercantilist approach with CPAC as it is not extracting resources from Pakistan and accumulating wealth by exporting manufactured products dependency on China. CPAC is only one corridor. Second myth. As I've already said, the motto of CPAC is one corridor with multiple passages. It is a web-like network of passages and linkages 
connecting different regions within Pakistan along with promoting regional connectivity and economic integration. I would say that the CPAC routes are going to pass through all four provinces of Pakistan. Myth number three, imbalance in distribution of CPAC related projects. Pakistan and China jointly work in formulating a long-term plan for the development of CPAC projects. And for this purpose, all the provincial representatives have been taken on board. There were certain provinces like KPK, which had certain reservations. Even those were settled. No economic benefits for Pakistan. In last couple of days also, there, were, there was an article which appeared on social media that Pakistan is going to suffer from debt trap. And there was an example of four more countries which have run into debt trap because of Chinese investment. So uh, I carried out a bit of research, consulted few uh, authorities in Pakistan, and it has been amply uh, clarified that this is, uh, this is not the truth. This is not the reality. 34 billion US dollars which are being invested uh, in, the, in the domain of energy projects is investment, whereas remaining uh, around 16 to 20 billion is going to be loan and Pakistan is going to uh, return that loan on very, very easy installments. So there is a prevailing uh, myth that as if Pakistan is going to be under a debt trap. And uh, final myth, I've already talked about it, increased debt for Pakistan. And uh, during question answer session, I can speak a little more on this. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I come to certain opportunities and risks. This is a major change which is coming up in, uh, in, in our region. And uh, as it is said that no change goes uncontested. There are certain enabling forces to bring that change. There are certain constraining forces to stop uh, uh, that change occurring. So there are opportunities, there are risks. And I will talk of both of these one by one. As far as opportunities are concerned, of course, we'll have greater regional connectivity. There will be integration of civilizations, new and alternate trade routes, sharing of resources, cultural exchanges and tourism, improvement in multilateral relations, creation of multipolar institutes and capacity building. Let me share with you another opportunity which is there for Pakistan. Pakistan is the federating unit of four constituent uh, provinces. And with that, uh, there is an area known as Gilgit Baltistan and AJK, Azad Jammu and Kashmir. So total six. So these constituting units as of now are not strongly bonded with each other. Unfortunately, each they, they start uh, shaking after every short period of time. Sometimes GB would be shaking, another time Blochistan would be shaking, and there is trouble and there are problems. In my view, CPAC is going to act like a, a beam, a steel beam, passing through complete body of Pakistan, which is going to solidify this federation. Now coming to few risks, I've already said 
that this change will not be free of contestation. There are constraining forces and they will do their bit to scuttle this project. The region may run into instability, definition, redefinition of regional security and renewed interest of extra-regional powers, which is already visible. Okay, meanwhile, uh, these benefits in the longer run also, also have the potential to fill pockets of instability, particularly in South Asia. As economic activity promises, promises uh, stability, and with this, I come to the second part of my presentation in that I will talk about the region at flux and Pakistan's compulsion and conclu concluding thoughts. Now, as far as this uh, uh, subject is concerned, the region at flux, ladies and gentlemen, this is the punchline which I want to leave behind. It is indeed agreeable that economic activity has the potential to generate stability. As projects under BRI and particularly CPAC have the potential to integrate the region and also allow a revisit of political and security differences between the countries. Particularly mired with intra-regional animosities and long-standing issues. The South Asian region is widely termed as highly conflict-prone. This speaks of the backlash of two major events and I will speak of them one by one. The first is the Cold War. US and the Soviet Union, we all know, did manage to avoid nuclear and conventional war during the Cold War. However, they jockeyed for advantage in a myriad of ways, including proxy wars. This came with a succession of crises that became surrogates for direct conflict in the region, particularly termed as the stability-instability paradox. Second is the US-led global war on terror. Stephen P. Cohen said that no part of the world has been more affected by the terrorist attacks of September 9-11, 2001 than South Asia. I've already mentioned that I commanded two brigades in uh, KPK and I've also served in Balochistan. I think the sacrifices that Pakistan has rendered, no other country has done that. The region has been a center of animosity in this unusual war. The backlash is felt in the instability of Afghanistan and issue of refugees, the threats emanating from pockets of instability in the region and role of Taliban in Afghanistan alongside political differences between regional states, particularly India and Pakistan. Now this, all this left Pakistan with certain predicaments. And may I say that it, despite its pivotal role both in Cold War era as well as US-led global war on terror, Pakistan is branded as a problem and not the solution in the regional paradox. It is often perverted as a backward land of poverty and terrorism. Both the Cold War and Global War on Terrorism raised a conundrum of 
predicaments for Pakistan which had implications in different domains. And the first one is economic. Besides steep decrease in foreign direct investment, the cumulative losses to the economy on account of terrorism in the country since its joint global war on terror in the aftermath of 9-11 have been estimated by the government of Pakistan as $123 billion. Political. Negative impact on the country's image at the local, regional, and international level. Security. The intensity of terrorism increased in Pakistan as the country experienced mega-terrorist attacks and was in fact a victim of extremism and terrorism which was accentuated with the gaps in internal fault lines. I have personally handled uh, casualties something like 140, 33 and many more uh, in, in maybe in small numbers. And finally the social negative impact on employment poverty, infrastructure, and as high human cost. Ladies and gentlemen, nevertheless, after Cold War era and US global war on terror in the neighborhood, the region is for the third time brought at the central stage of global focus. But this time with a positive outlook branded by the rise of China and its BRIVN. Thanks to Pakistan's strategic location in 70 years of its, its history, Pakistan is yet again a front-end state in the regional dynamics. First, we performed this role in the Soviet invasion, second time global war on terror, and now through CPAC and the BRIVM. Meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, as a rising power, BRI may allow China to play a role of stabilizer in the region. However, it is also subject to realization of international community to facilitate this role. In the absence of which, the region may yet again be subject to instability and chaos. In this milieu, with the phenomenal activity generated by BRI and CPAC as its linchpin, they rest for Pakistan numerous opportunities to shed away the compulsion and risks generated by regional turmoil. Now to end my talk, few concluding thoughts. Amidst this uh, historic and phenomenal expose of the BRI rests the rise of China as a major economic power and its global incursion through regional connectivity. The truism of China opening up to the world by promoting relations with regional countries <coughs> becomes relevant once it is termed as the cornerstone of Asia, Asian century, particularly with the dawn of inferences in the Indian Ocean region, characterized as central stage of rivalries in the 21st century. There lies an opportunity of deducing cooperation from competition, in turn redefining the contemporary understanding of international relations. The BRI vision of which CPAC is a part can contribute to regional and global growth by building infrastructure, physically integrating over 60 
countries and focusing investment in regions with large latent economic potential. The strategic corridor augments cooperation and multi-dimensional level promotes connectivity between diverse regions and establishes economic stakes to facilitate the process of peace. The regional economic integration through CPAC could be a harbinger to resolve the political differences through economic cooperation. The states of South Asia, Central Asia, East Asia need more regional economic connection to make the 21st century the Asian century, setting aside the perennial political issues to start a new beginning. Finally, the core vision of CPAC is to improve infrastructure to facilitate interconnectivity and economic development. It is expected to connect China, Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Central Asian republics, integrating people and stabilizing the region. Belt Road Initiative and CPAC as its linchpin will empower the region and beyond and serve as a connector of cultures and in turn promise stability.